on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, my M Night Shyamalan, Derek McCall. Was that a diss? I'm not sure. Did didn't did you use that one before? No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe, maybe I have. Oh, which means that some to some point, I think he the- used Deepak Chopra before. <laughs> I, which means at some point in this podcast, no, that was a side story. It'll turn out we are all vulnerable to water, or or we love the happening. I didn't see it. I didn't no, see I, it. Neither have I. At any rate, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Welcome to the Fanboy Planet podcast. It is Wednesday, June twenty fifth, and we are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games two seven two five Elkman Real Suite one hundred four Santa Clara California, and where they are showing. Unbreakable in right the now, lobby. Right now, so you know, long, in the lobby, in, in the front of the store. I we, had loads seating earlier. It was nice, and yeah. I love the popcorn. They got a, just a, a nice mix, nice coconut oil. Don't hit the butter. Mm-hmm, no, but uh, I got to say, uh, Anna did tell me that uh, you know business seems to be up. So I want to thank the listeners who have actually took notice of the address and shown up at the store, and I'd like to believe that there's a correlation, so thank you. To my left, my fabulous announcer who confused us with the whole twist-ending kind of thing in his beginning. Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm M. Lon Shyamalan, so uh, thank you for listening. (laughs) M. Lon Shyamalopez? M. Nine Shyamalopez. Yes, okay. And uh, Mr. M. Rick... Brett Snyder. <laughs> You're not even going to I'm not going Rick doesn't right play, and that's what his role is here. He is he is our moral compass. He is our sound engineer, commentator, and he doesn't play in the sandbox. And he's a big brother on weekends. Because you know what he knows? I've seen what Lon does in that sandbox. There's that. He also, he also has to spend the weekend editing this podcast, so he tries to keep it clean. Yes. All right. So... We've got uh, some movie news this week. Some, uh, not very much in the way of TV. A little game kind of Comic Con preview about some video game stuff we may be seeing there. Uh, and of course, we the reason we're here, comics. We've got uh, some good comic news. And when are you be able to call, talk about Wally? Under the movie news, wouldn't I? Are you going to be able to talk about it this week? Oh well, see if you get this podcast up before Friday. Yeah. I can't talk about it. When do I have to wait? For Literally, it? even Ain't It Cool News actually said they are embargoed. And Ain't It Cool News does not care about wow. embargoes at all. We are not allowed to talk about it until 12.01 on Friday morning. 12.01 Friday morning. Okay. I'll yeah. wait. I'll post then. So so then I can talk about it. So if you're listening Eastern, to this. Eastern Standard Time? Sure. Let's okay. go You know what? That. I can talk about it all I want. You Come haven't on, seen it. Because I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Pixar. Oh. No, I invited you. You just didn't come. Nice. No, I know, but I'm just saying that I'm not. I'm not held up to the man's rules. You uh, know what I'm no, saying? I am. I do believe in. Uh, I, I am grateful to the uh, publicity companies and the studios. Oh for no, letting no, me no! See no. The That's movies. great. That's yeah. great. I'm just saying that 
they're not going to stop me from talking about a movie I haven't seen. That's absolutely right. right. I want to talk about a follow-up to a book that we did not have a great opinion of on the first issue, but uh, the second issue came out today of Final Crisis. It's the Final Crisis! You know, I came across the Europe video of that, and I was was (laughs) so going to excerpt that. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Final Crisis number two came out this week. and uh, Was it as confusing as the first one? It was less confusing. And let me say, now that Grant Morrison has said, look, nobody knew what was going on ahead of time. Nobody paid attention to it, so that doesn't make any sense. If you actually just read it knowing that it doesn't make any sense in terms of larger continuity – uh, it's actually rather entertaining. I, thought, I was waiting for an, another condition. And you and hit yourself over the head with a pan before reading it. Absolutely. And, and, you and you're on. eating a personal pepperoni yeah. pizza at yeah. Pizza Hut while reading it. Grant Morrison's a genius. He is a genius. Uh, it does have some – it does feel like it's left a couple of things out that obviously other books are going to pick up. Like we know there's going to be that John Jones uh, Requiem book. Um, and because the, like the funeral shows up here, and it, but I, I thought some of the uh, the plot ideas were. Interesting. I had a theory for him being dead. Yes, didn't you say earlier there was a bunch of white Martians around, and you couldn't explain why? Yeah, couldn't he just couldn't John Jones sort of mind wiped a white a uh, white Martian, not a white Russian, that's a drink, <laughs> but, um, and then just had I'm him kill thirsty. them instead. I'll be right back. <laughs> Rick is really leaving. Oh, no. The inmates are running the asylum. Go Diet, ahead. Diet Pepsi. Right here. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, but John, John Jones wouldn't do that. That would be uh, a violation of his moral code. The new one or the old one? Because this new violent, proactive one he still was... wouldn't. He still wouldn't wipe the white Martians. Because he sees the white Martians as the last vestiges of his race. And he is trying to preserve them even though they're evil. He wouldn't kill them. Were there any them. female white Martians? There is. There is one right so now. So if he wanted like... Miss Martian, she's a teen titan, so Ooh. she's... Uh, is she legal, though? Well, we don't know. Oh, okay. We don't know how... This, my, this like is a, my problem. I don't know how old the white Russians are... <laughs> you, sure. <laughs> how old the white Martians are. Mm, right. Um, you know, I be, because I'm not sure now in continuity how long it's been since Mars was supposedly destroyed. Because at one time they said he was actually brought forward in time as well as space. That's just, you know, wacky. Yeah. Speaking of Mars, did you see the white stuff they found on Mars? No, I did not. You didn't see that? The I didn't Mars see the lander? white stuff, no. It took a scoop. Rick probably knows about this. What, the ice on Mars? Yes. Well, yeah. they thought, they think it's ice. You know what that means? Water. Martian gin and tonics. Ooh, <laughs> serve me up a couple. Well, Tangare. Yeah. Instead of white Russians, they're called white Martians. Just, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pour me a white Martian then. And it all comes around in circles. Mm-hmm. It does, it does. So anyway, I thought it was a better It was a better book. Can I ask a question? Sure. I noticed that Flash is on the cover. Yes. Does he make an appearance? Yes, he does. Now, which... It is clear. Is it like we had predicted earlier? It is indeed. Excellent. So is it? Let me say this: Is it fitting for a return? Does it make you? Are you satisfied as a comics fan? I am not ready yet. Hmm. I am not ready Too yet. Soon? But they do make it as a generation. Well, they, they don't justify it. It's uh, it's near the end of the book, hmm. uh, but they do kind of bring in some things that happen in DC Universe Number Zero and clear that up. Um, and and one of those just great ideas that. Uh, you know, Grant Morrison throws in. I, I, there's an assassinate. The, the explanation for why Orion showed up dead at the first, in the, in the beginning of the first issue, is just a really, really 
great idea. And it does introduce the concept as well that there are not just new gods, uh, not just the new gods that are evil, not just the apocalypse ones, but that, that gods from other pantheons of evil are showing up. And uh, so, I mean, they've touted this as the day evil one. And so it really, uh, it's got some interesting ramifications. So again, you know, if you're not looking for, well, this isn't matching up with what happened in Countdown or, you know, what's going on. Even the thing with the monitor. Now I'm confused with something that monitor is doing that woke up as a human. Uh, and there's another character that appears to be Kamandi that doesn't seem to be in the right time. You know, it, it, so, I mean... I, I'm willing to give it, give it more. I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed the Does first issue. Does this book issue. need like an, uh, uh, what do they call it, an appendix or something? or uh, what uh, they, An annotation, an, an appendix, yeah. yeah. Uh, to explain everything so everybody, it you might, think the I'm trade st- would benefit from an uh, appendix? Oh, I, oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that Final Crisis is a jumping on point for anybody. If you are not a fan, this book is going to be impenetrable. But if you are a longtime fan of DC, I, I don't think it's as big a disappointment as we felt it was going to be from the first issue. What about the scene with Anthro and Commandy together? I mean, does that continue? Doesn't really, it doesn't really fall, except that I, I still maintain it, it, it is – Metron's chair shows up and the the monitor uh, whose name escapes me that – Monty. That, that Monty, sure. Uh, that is forced to be a regular uh, human. Right. Uh, and how I said at the end of the first issue, I said it seemed to me that, that, that he is somehow connected to that. Mm-hmm. And so he's there. So I think that's going to draw, you know, that's going to pull the connection through a little tighter. This is weird because, I mean, these are all characters that are kind of outside of standard continuity right now. Yeah. So. Can I just say that yeah. um, I was getting really into DC after like 52 and the mm-hmm. crisis and all that. And just not reading anything by them anymore. So you're not reading Batman. No, I'm just I'm just waiting for all this to end so we can get on with the next. Cool right, well, thing, and there are you know? some people that uh, are going with that, and we do know you know Secret Invasion is selling better than Final Crisis. Uh, I don't know what the sales are here. I know the Secret Invasion. Steve just mentioned today he was a, he's able to up his order with each issue of Secret Invasion. Huh. I don't know if that's happening with Final Crisis. I think that is very confusing to people. But I will say this: Secret Invasion is only getting good in the ancillary books. You know what I mean? I like, agree with that too. I was disappointed with Secret Invasion after the is it the second issue where he realized that almost everything important is happening happened in elsewhere. Avengers. Yeah, ha- is happening in Avengers. Right. You know, and there's a, and there are and cross, Spider Woman, and, and then there are crossover books that that uh, like there's a, a Secret Invasion Fantastic Four separate book, three uh, issues. Yeah, and I read the first issue of that and went, oh, okay, you know, but that story doesn't really need to be told. Do you know? Would we need to buy those three issues to get? You know, I feel basically exploited by both companies right now. Yeah, 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 and. So it is all I'm looking for is am I enjoying a single book? Am I, I would enjoying just like a single to see title? No big events. Yeah, just for tell like some a couple good of stories years and just and just concentrate on the individual titles. Would, I think that would be great. Don't um, look for ways to tie them all together. Well, let me let me talk about one that is you know even though there is a tie-in, there's Secret Invasion, Young Avengers, and Runaways book today, but also today Runaways number thirty, the last issue of Joss Whedon's run comes out. And if you recall, what six months ago, the last issue, the previous issue that came out of that, you know, I mean, it is it is completely separate from whatever else is going on in the continuity, and it is because tell- they're on the West Coast. It is no, telling back in time. no, they're back in time. Oh. They're they're in New York. I'd even forgotten the setup that somehow somehow they went back in time because some of the the kingpin requested of them. It's been so long, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. 
I still maintain it's going to be a great read in trade paperback. Yeah, it was an entertaining story. The people they were running into and the things that were happening. But yeah, and there are elements that track. I'm not sure. I lost track, and there are elements in the in the uh, denouement of this that I was not sure if did he set that up. I couldn't remember. I was satisfied, and I'm willing to go. You know, but I do have to go back and reread it, which is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I the other thing about comic stories that we I think we lose track of is you know when we were kids we read these we read these things over and over and this is how I became right. a Zorlak because I read comics oh, individual comics over and over and over right so I like to I like to read a story that goes it's like I want to read that again to see if it all adds up yeah and I'm, but I'm going to be entertained anyway instead of really <laughs> do I have to reread it you know so uh, yeah that I, happens I, maybe one out of twenty books for me. That you, that you want to reread, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is, you know, it is kind of. It is nice when a book has that feeling, and I do think that Joss Whedon's Runaways book t- does have that. And then it sort of sets up, a, you know, a new status quo again for in uh, two months. And then Runaways, Terry and Moore, Avengers. Yeah, there's but I didn't pick that. I haven't read that yet. Okay. But Terry Moore and Humberto Ramos are going to be relaunching Runaways, the whole new thing. Wait, wait, wait. Terry Moore's not drawing it? He's just writing it? He's just writing it oh. with Humberto Ramos doing the artwork. I would have loved to see him draw it. I would agree with you on that. That would have been, you know, been a fun But book. I don't know – As a, he's got that book Echo. Yeah, but it's funny though that the Runaways, their art style – I mean I've only kind of picked it up here and there. But it seems it's always been consistent with that cartoony anime – Ramos style, you know what I mean? It's like well, actually, the Whedon run was not was at it? all. Okay, no. no, it was much more. And, and they've and they've experimented with some different artists. Chris okay. Bocciolo did a did a few issues. But he's kind of similar though to that style, isn't he? You know, I don't think of him as that way, but hmm. I, I guess he's kind of evolved that way because. Hmm. But for me, Bocciolo is still like the way he was drawing Shade many years ago, The Changing Man. Yeah, I just think Terry, I liked that. I didn't like what he ended up doing with you know. I just I think it's curious that Terry Moore does such real. People story artistically, he he has a good pacing. You know, he's a, he's a visual storyteller, and so it would have been really nice to see his take on these these kids. You know what I mean? Maybe we'd get an issue. You know, if we if, if we're lucky, Terry, if you're listening, let's write a letter to Santa Casada. Oh, okay. Well, and ask. Well, Ramos did Impulse for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's Rick no, looking things up been, on the internet right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been a big fan of Ramos. I'm so. trying to remember. He did the. I'm pretty sure he did art on the a companion book to Gen 13. It was about this like evil, almost like the Hellions in the Gen 13. No, he probably did. He's done a lot. And well, he's done he do a lot of Crimson. Wasn't that his solo book for a while? He did a couple yeah. of uh, and there was and something like Salvation or something. You know, it's funny because I don't particularly like his. He did a Spider-Man run too, and I wasn't a big fan of that. I didn't especially. I didn't like what he did with Green Goblin. Yeah, but oh, uh, terrible. So I'm not a fan of his work. However, those books that he did, those creator-owned titles like Crimson, I actually they were good stories. So I think he's a good storyteller. My problem with him as an artist is that I will accept a cartoony style if there's an internal consistency to it, and I don't think that there's an internal consistency sure. to what Ramos draws. Mm. I think he's a lot like uh, Liefeld and McFarlane in that it's what, however he puts that figure down on the page that time in that panel, that's how it looks. It's not going to be consistent. Like there's no rule for uh, it's not going to look the same way hmm. another page later, you know, so because he just didn't feel like it that day or whatever. It's just not what well, came we'll out. Well, it'll all change once the Runaways movies comes out. So then, you know, mm-hmm. they put all the Runaways in like tight leather uh, outfits. But the thing about the Runaways is they don't need to. The Runaways I'm wear just, street clothes. Oh, I see. Yeah. X-Men. Yeah. 
right. Because remember how they put all the X Men in the yes, title, yes, and then uh, they yes. started drawing them like that in the comic. That was my and point. Did, yeah, right. And didn't, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Another Marvel book that uh, is going to, I think, is setting up a movie tie-in is uh, Matt Fraction. Whom we enjoy as a writer, just Immortal Iron Fist is going to uh, share. And you like four fourths of his work, right? Four fourths of his work, I yeah. absolutely do. I okay. do. I have. I have not yet read anything by Fraction that I have not been impressed by. Casanova, not and even a little bit. Not even a little not bit. Even not like even by a fr- a I know you're going there. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. You've used that one before, yeah. long. I know. I you was do going know that, for right? it again. Yeah. I see. Okay, and you're trying to get your my Jedi mind. You're trying to make the vein of my head pulse, <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. I'm not. I'm not going to let it happen. Not um, even just a little bit. No, not even a fraction. Oh, okay. But he wrote. They've got a a, a a book out today called Thor: Age of Blood, which is the second of. Three. That sounds like an awesome like metal album. Yeah, it does. Thor: Thor. Age, Age of, of Blood. blood. Uh, it is the By second, Crimson Axe. The second of three sort of connected one shots, which to me seemed like it's actually it's a it was like slated to be a two issue miniseries, and then they just decided to put it together. And charged only three ninety nine for it. And That's awesome. Well, I think it is. With the economy being what it is, and comics being two ninety nine for twenty three pages, give us forty six pages a story for a dollar more. I think more books and we'll should be, be doing your friend. that. I think more books should be doing that. I think. I know that this goes counter to what Marvel and DC want to do as far as market share, but I think some books that are related should just get combined like that. Give me 23 Can pages I just of a, say a the, feature. Yeah. The last good comic reading experience I've had in a long time was the – and I don't know if we talked about this on the air before, but um, they just put out uh, about a month ago. It was like a Black Panther, uh, Little Green Men compilation. It wasn't really a full trade. It was like three issues put together in a okay. little – it was like a mini trade. Okay. And it was, just, it was just like three issues put together. Yeah. And it was just the story of them with the, the gold frogs or something. They were oh, transporting. The, the King Solomon's frogs. Yeah, or something like that. And I had so I had no idea what was going on in the continuity or whatever. whatever. I just picked up this book because it had good art. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. It's you know putting a couple issues together. Was so that I'll last have... year's arc with the frogs? Well, was that with the Fantastic Four? Where yeah, they're going yeah, yeah. And they go to the scroll world where the gangsters are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. okay, yeah. So okay. they'd put that together and like it was like, you know, three or – it was only like three issues, I think, yeah, I think put in this three compilation. Or, three or four issues. And it was such a fun read because – it was a contained story that I could start in the beginning. And how much the cover price on that? I don't remember. It was, might have been like six, eight bucks. I don't remember. Wow. Which is still less than, and you know, because it's a reprint, sure. they can afford to get away with that. And they've been doing that a lot. On the one hand, I would rather they put out like a first printing of stories that way. Sure, but I'm just saying that's but, the point. But I, but it is if you are looking for bargains as far as reading, you can go back and buy these collections and get like there's a Ms. Marvel. Captain Marvel uh, Secret Invasion tie-in, which is like the four or five issues of their individual books that had to do with Secret Invasion directly that they just found together for six bucks. Yeah, and that was a and that's a good deal. Didn't they used to do that in like Marvel mag like in a magazine format and reprints? They do occasionally. I mean, it's, it's, they do that in, uh, oh, in, the, in the UK, day. and they still occasionally. I see this at like WalMarts and Targets. Occasionally, they show up. So there's like a magazine that has. Three or four. I've seen it at a grocery store too. I can't remember. What now, the, see, that oh. could be like a fun bargain read. You know, just that'd be absolutely. a good idea. Give us some. It's like you know what I mean. When the market's getting slow and stale, you need innovation to kind of you know bring. And it. you need value. Yeah, because they're always talking about in times of economic slump, comics have done very well. But that's because the last time we had a recession, comics, comics were, were twenty five cents. cents. 
That was me fishing. <laughs> yeah, so, so who no drinks? drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so in fact, you have to. Oh my God! It's wearing <laughs> off on me. Uh, so. Um, yeah, back to the content of Thor Age of Blood. My point is it is a tale of Asgard and that it is uh, definitely where all rumors are that this is where the movie script is going, being directed by Mark Protosovich. Protosovich. The guy who directed I Am Legend. Right, that guy. Is uh, going to be doing the Thor movie in 2010, and supposedly that's a Tales of Asgard. It's Asgard. With, not Osgard. That's a totally different land. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, not Asgard. No, that's uh, – if you must. <laughs> uh, well, you know, till during the Viking times. So uh, – and not the Minnesota Vikings. Mm, right. So um, – I hear Fran Tarkenton's got a role. Wow. Yeah. Pulling out a sports reference. Nice. Playing Volstag. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a pity she's a bore. So um, – Anyway, this Age of Blood is kind of tying into that. But it's a self-contained story that Doe clearly refers back to a tale that happened before and does say then it will be continued and such and such. But it's a good standalone as well. So however long it takes them to get this last this last connected book out is fine. It's And it's a nice side, especially with the work Straczynski has been doing in the regular Thor book. So I, I, I really enjoyed that read. Can I ask a quick side question? Sure. And, and this is for both of you guys. What is, in your opinion, in your humble opinion, the definitive Thor story arc or, or let's say, era? Uh, frog Thor. Well, I was going to say, the Walt Simonson era was pretty... Simonson era I, was pretty... I, I pretty like Simonson, good. but he had a lot of things to answer for. I've never been a Beta Ray Bill fan. I really like Beta Ray Bill. I, I've, I did never, Ray Bill. I've, I've never bought that. I have, I, never, I have not dug a single thing anybody's done with the character since, but I really, really liked what, what Simonson did with him. I would go back to the Salvasima stuff that was like the late 70s, Thor versus Silver Surfer, you know, the, the but Thor I guess versus Dracula. He was really, well, that was 80s. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, but what about the point of being didn't didn't he, Simonson, he was in, at that during that time he was integrated with the Marvel universe more. Okay, but I was going to say so didn't Simonson really handle more of the Asgard kind of you know like era? I mean, didn't he really define that? Because I mean, he also delved into Simonson started the Brave talking and, about what the real relationship was between Don Blake and Thor. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. then also, though, too, didn't he really define the, the – what are they called? The, the trios? What's the – The Warriors 3. Warriors 3 and then Balder and then – I mean, yeah. but I don't, I don't think any more so than Kirby and, and Lee did. But I was never a huge Thor fan. Mm. I think the first issue I got was – I was eight years old. I was hit by a car. My dad – I was in the hospital, went to a – Store and grab one. So yeah, I piggly wiggly. Staff that when you hit yeah, the I hit it. Yeah, no, no. But I got I got Thor versus I think the 4D Man or something. Yeah, and I thought, oh, cool, Thor. You know, and then I never, but it wasn't enough to make me really want to buy more. And then I think I bought a reprint. There was a book that had uh, that reprinted it when Marvel was like, you know, they had a, they had the regular titles and then and they had a whole line of reprint titles doing the original runs. See, I always had trouble reconciling Asgard with Midgard and the whole, you know, gods on earth thing. When he was when Thor was kind of like this force that took over Don Blake and he was fighting things like the wrecking crew or the mm-hmm. destroyer, these are all things that were threatening Earth and he'd change into Thor. 
and he it was more like well, it was Thor, more a superhero. Thor was an empowered Don Blake. It was like mm-hmm. the so spirit of Thor. Easier to digest though, too. But it's now just... we're now we're in a. Then we went into a whole bunch of stuff where Thor was the main character and Don Blake was an occasional afterthought. Mm-hmm. Straczynski is dealing with these things again um, in an interesting way. But for I'm I'm still. I'm still partial to the original Thor is kind of like a super super powering of Don so Blake. It's a super alter super ego yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. More of a straightforward – because, yeah, I, I don't think it was until the late 90s or, or even maybe even the early aughts that Dan Jurgens, you know, brought up the, the issue of if you have a, a, a Norse god walking around, right. doesn't that mean there's a religion? Yeah, where are the worshippers? Yeah, and so that, and that kind of started up, and I thought and they actually got they've actually gotten into that in the uh, in the more recent issues of Thor because they've been talking about well you don't you're not as powerful as you used to be because you don't have any worshippers and the, the whole mm-hmm. business about Thor going into the Odin 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 sleep sleep yeah the fabled Odin sleep yeah yeah is Odin back in the relaunch uh, sort of partially there's but there, there's an, an explanation. I don't want to spoil it because it really is well scripted. You should okay. re- when they trade it. You should read actually well, they traded the, the first, first part one, of it. The first yeah. six issues have been traded. Absolutely. Well, if I can afford it, maybe we'll see. Well, you we'll know, see. We'll work on it. We're trying to get you. Send in your donations. To PayPal mm-hmm. editor at fanboyplanet.com. You know, PayPal it. Um, Drink. And, I, and I might, might, might let Lon have some of the money. I might buy him a soda. Lon is a terrible thing to waste. Yes. <laughs> oh, Especially my Zorlack knowledge too. So. I'm a Zorlak in training, people. Yeah, he's trying. Help. He's trying. Uh, so uh, should we stick with the Marvel? Uh, how about some Marvel complaints? Today, if you are an Avengers fan, seven If you're an Avengers fan today, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> except it's except, seven Avengers titles. Empty your wallet. <laughs> empty your wallet. Was and, there really seven? Seven yeah. Avengers-related titles. So New Avengers, Mighty Avengers, Initiative. Avengers Fairy Tales, and then Avengers The Initiative. Young Avengers, Young Avengers Spotlight. I don't consider the Young Avengers Avengers. Ah, but many people do. Yeah, yeah. well, you know what? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Them I was, fighting uh, words. I was totally. Uh, I was totally. Uh, I'm waiting for the young. Myself. I'm waiting for the Young Avengers to just get eliminated in the Secret Invasion. Not going to happen. Well, and I don't know if you guys noticed. There's another. One. I I just realized there's a book called Gen Next. Have you seen this? Yes. Which is what if the yes. uh, the X Men had aged in real time, and so it's the so it's the next generation, literally. Right. It's like, do we really need that as an ongoing series? I haven't. I've got them stacked up. I haven't read and gotten around. To I hadn't even anymore. noticed it was yeah. there, and then I saw it and I went, "What? What? Yeah, it's yeah." Strikes me as like another um, Exiles uh, experiment kind of thing. Well, it's another like Spider Girl thing, right? Yeah, which already has its own future version. Yeah. And and didn't I see a comic for a Amer- what's the daughter's name? something Liberty Captain America's uh, daughter uh, uh, um, American Dream American right. Dream yeah yeah, yeah. So but, but she's Girl part but she's part of that universe MC two mm. which then they've just treated that as if. Uh, Peter Parker, that's real time too. It used to be supposed to be a future story, and now they just treat it as no, this is its own little weird continuity where everybody aged in, there in was real time. No well, I will. Can I counterpoint your guys' things? Remember how earlier, mm-hmm. earlier you were asking, well, why can't we just get books that just have good stories in them and aren't connected to the other things? Yeah. Well, aren't they giving them to you with this? <gasps> but they're not good stories. Hoisted well, on um, my own petard. No, I would actually say within the confines of itself, Spider Girl is every issue I've ever picked up has been like the way they used to tell okay. stories. I'm not a fan, but 
I can see a point sometime in the near future where I might pick up a trade paperback of, of Spider Girl and give it to my daughter. Okay. And and she'd really get into it, you know, and and I think and that's kind of an interesting, you know, it is its own self-contained. I've not been a big fan of the other MC2 like miniseries they've done in the last couple of years, but I do think that one book is the way comics used to be. It's not it's it's compressed storytelling if you have to say and and you can pick it up, you can understand what happened and you can get excited about what's going to happen next. My problem with the, with those universes is they they spend too much time again looking back at us and saying this is the character you think you know is how it's going to be because it's the son of Juggernaut Mm -hmm. but really he's this way and isn't that fun and cute and I've kind of gotten that in in the Ultimates and you know we we, it's I really you know stick with the regular characters it's my biggest problem with the Ultimate Ultimate Universe but uh, but it has been confirmed again after the last week's I think Heroes Con in Charlotte that uh, Ultimatum yeah. Is ending the Ultimate Universe, Yay. and I, I and I think that's really kind of bold, and that's the kind of thing that's got that needs to happen in the industry is to say you've got this little line of, of stories, they have an ending, kind of like it. Lost, end it, Battlestar Galactica. I understand, yeah. you know, have an ongoing Spider-Man because you have to have an ongoing Spider-Man, but don't make it Ultimate Spider-Man. Tell that, tell the story you were going to tell, and end it, and be done. And to tie in there, Squadron is it now? It's called Squadron Supreme. It used to be Supreme Power. It's getting a relaunch next week with Howard Chaikin writing it, and it does tie in. To, I don't know, somehow I missed that Howard Chaikin was writing it. I thought he was drawing it. Yeah. Um, so it's in the preview, the stack of preview books this week, and I did read that this afternoon. It's a it's a disturbing read. Oh really? But um, but Chaikin kind of avoids. Now this is the, Squadron Supreme. Squadron Supreme. So, so the, the characters from the... Supreme Power. So oh, they're it is keeping the, it is the characters from Supreme Power, and they just have that um, ultimate, uh, right. uh, ultimate power crossover. Right. So I had law. I, I somehow just totally ignored the fact that Nick Fury, that Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, stayed in the Supreme Power universe at the end of that miniseries or that maxi series, uh, and that Zarda had gone over into the Ultimates books. As far as I can tell, Zarda has not appeared in that. In, in the ultimate books yet, but it probably is going to pay, yeah. play into Ultimatum. But so Squadron uh, uh, Squadron Supreme takes place five years later. Oh. So uh, Hyperion and Doctor Spectrum have disappeared. The others have gone into the kind of the private sector, and then something strange is starting to happen in that. So Squadron wait, this Supreme is a different universe. universe from the Ultimate Universe. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. Now is this supposed to be more of like a what if book too? I well, mean, Squadron Supreme, okay, Squadron Supreme was Supreme always an power. alternate universe to the Marvel universe, and mm. they crossed mm. over occasionally. Yeah, another, from another alternate universe. Alternate yeah. universe. Okay, so uh, Hyperion, yeah, uh, who's, uh, who's a Superman analog, but doesn't he blame our universe for some for the death of his planet somehow? That, some oh, kind see, of now I'm going to confuse you because no, that's the Squadron Sinister. So there's an oh, oh you're so right. there's a version on the regular Marvel Earth Burn. that's it's that's basically an no, evil right. version of the Justice League, and then there's a Squadron Supreme, which is an alternate universe where they are as noble as the Justice League. Right. And then in the '80s, they did a very classic 12 issue series written by Mark Gruenwald. The blood issues. The, uh, or the, the ashes, ash issues. issues, because when Mark Gruenwald died, they reprinted the trade paperback, mixing his ashes into the ink. Right. So it's kind of like for our listeners at home, it's kind of like. There's the grilled stuff burrito, 
and Taco Bell, <laughs> but there's the Burrito Supreme. I'm sort of... Yeah. Uh, That's the difference. Yeah, not really. Uh, okay. It kind of uh, works for me. Um, all right. Okay. But anyway, does, you take it back. So you have the main Marvel universe, then you have this alternate universe that was in continuity with the main Marvel universe, where the Squadron Supreme came from, and they crossed over every right. now and then in a way that parodied Earth One and Earth Two right, in the DC right. universe. And that right. was kind of the thing that so, were, weren't they kind of a Justice League kind of ripoff? Yeah, yeah they are. Yes. Okay. So the the powers series is. The Supreme Powers. Supreme, Supreme Powers Power series is there because there have been multiple books and multiple series in that. Wasn't are, the Supreme are Power like a relaunch? Are like a relaunch or like an Ultimates version right. okay. of that, but not in the Ultimates universe. And, ah. and they are separate because in Ultimate Power, the original version did show up. So we know that it's two separate versions of the same characters. Weird. Yeah. yeah Why it, do they have to get so kooky with the story, man? It's for the kids, dude. But I'm but at least so that's confused. At least for, we just spent five minutes trying to clarify, like, you know, untangling for the most part, all these knots. For the most part, though, it stands alone, and you can get it. And this book, and it's actually been really good. I've and been, and, and Howard Chicken running. What I what I'm impressed with Howard is he's kind of staying away from, or at least for the first issue, the overt uh, Howard Chicken themes. There's not as much. There's corruption, but not in that really really cynical. Hmm. Well, did you uh, hard I, way? And and there's nobody dra- probably because he's not drawing it. Uh, you know, there's no one wearing a lot of lingerie walking around fighting crime. Uh, or, oh, they're or causing it. crime. They'll be there. They're wearing it. Right oh, they're now. wearing well, it. Well, I have to ask this question. There, you up? Arcana on- Jones, awesome. Were you up Arcana. on your uh, supreme power? Because I collected that for like a year, for as long as it went, and it, the book never went anywhere. And I got so frustrated with it. And then I think they ended up canceling it, or and then turning it into whatever. They did a couple of miniseries. They did a night. Hawk miniseries. Yes, that one's really good. That, that was really disturbing that was, with uh, that strange style story. Steve Dillon did the art, I think. Yeah. And um, then there was a, a Hyperion. No, that was Gary Frank, I thought, wasn't it? No, it was, I think it was Steve Dillon. Well, did Gary Frank did the main one, though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Gary Frank did the... Did oh, the, that's right. They did an origin of, of uh, Nighthawk. Nighthawk. And then they did the and they Hyperion and... Uh, Hyperion and Nighthawk, Nighthawk miniseries. I think there was a Doctor Spectrum miniseries as well. Okay. Yeah. I just I tried to follow it, tried to follow it, and it just felt like it went nowhere. So did it, did it ever actually go somewhere... And get somewhere good. No, I'm going to yeah. agree with you. I don't think it. I don't think it resolved all the things that he set up. Straczynski was trying to talk about the abuse of power. I mean, yeah. obviously from the title alone, I, he didn't. He was moving too slowly with his subplots. There was something about the evil, about the corruption within of like what Princess Zarda was, right. because they had implied that she like feeds off of life force. Yes, and never. Well, re- she's, she takes over other bodies. And they never, but they never really dealt with that. No, they, they, didn't. they, they never really confronted. And the the su- super smart guy is uh, not really a real nice guy either. The uh, well, he's Lu- he's Lex Luthor. Yeah. So I think they were building a lot of character. It was really, you know, what it reminds me a lot of is Twelve, the Twelve, mm-hmm. the the whole series because they are again building these characters and they're not always they're flawed. But the Twelve is moving at a much faster pace. I'll give you that. It is, and I think it's a. a, a, a for Lon's very complaint, the Twelve is a much more satisfying miniseries. Every issue of the Twelve is just is a revelation to me. Yeah. As far as these characters, like, oh, that's an interesting, t- wow, that's interesting depth. Ooh, okay, where where is this going? You know, and and he did a smart thing. I mean, by showing us again, flashing forward was probably like you know issue eleven. But if you were to say what it's been, is every issue is, has been examining one of the Twelve for yeah. the most part, and really not much has happened. No, and yet it feels like a lot has. Right, you're, but you're getting like retrospectives and how mm-hmm. their origins were and stuff. Mm-hmm. But since they've been 
defrosted, not much has happened to them. They've come back. They've had like where are we going to live issues. How do right. we deal with the success? How do we deal with men out of time issues? Right, and yet each character but, is a very intriguing – I mean yeah. the witness. How disturbing a character really is the witness as a crime fighter. Yeah. You know, and – Man, I can't wait to read this book. You haven't yeah. read The Twelve yet? I've been waiting for the trade. Yeah, so. that's probably a good I, I idea. I understand that. Uh, but it is really – it is a great book. So uh, I'm going to go there and uh, – there, There's no issues available on the racks, is there? Of the sure 12? There yeah. yeah. There's still some. Do you think back. I could pick them up and catch up or not? Possibly. Yeah, I don't know if all of them are still in mm. stock here at, at Elusive Comics and Games. I still haven't got my issue. Steve apparently Diamond did not reorder yet. Uh, hasn't pulled any. So we no call it Diamond now? No, no, Diamond, oh, Diamond distributor doesn't uh, – you know, said he – unless what he was doing was calling out to around other stores, which also bodes well. If that means that other stores don't have it, he's got to go to Diamond. There you go. I, I know that we have copies and they'll be available at Comic-Con if you go. You know, we'll be selling them there. But uh, I did uh, want to follow up on a story we talked about last week, which was Dan DiDio, kind of all the heat that was going under. And a big rumor after we did the podcast was that this is it. He's not going to – his contract's not going to get renewed in October. And they were looking to Jimmy Palmiotti to uh, to replace him. Well, because, you know, Joe Casada and, and Jimmy Palmiotti long ago were partners in event comics. And they did Ash, the firefighting superhero. And, uh, you know, they worked on Marvel Knights together. Wait, he was a superhero who fought fire? Or he was a firefighter who was who a was superhero? superhero? He was a firefighter who, okay. who, who had the power to shoot flames, I think. It's just the I way you know, said it. I know. You're fun. right. I'm sorry. I never read the book, so I, I don't know. But that's where they became popular in the first place. And they got to Marvel Knights. And they So to recap, though, why is Didio uh, on the outs? Because people are just com- – because, like, you had Chuck Dixon totally ripping on – Because so totally ripping on Didio last week after being fired. You had Grant Morrison saying nobody paid attention to what the script was for Final Crisis. They forgot what they were counting down to. Um, then there was this thing where, you know, Catwoman, is she in or out, blah, 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 and this picture. Right. Is there you a know, new thing now? Uh, so, no, well, apparently week. at the convention this last weekend, they somebody just asked it at the DC Nation panel, are you out? And uh, Wow. And he said, "Nice softball question." Basically, there. every other editor that was on the panel said, "Who who would want his job? It's clearly thankless." And everybody, Jimmy Palmiotti wisely said, "No comment." Mm. And it was a joke. He said, and then later he had to, Palmiotti had to give an interview and said, and basically saying, "You know, no, Dan DiDio is my one of my good friends. It's I owe a lot of to my of my career to him. There's no way I'm going to replace him." And DiDio seems to think he's in for the long haul. Actually, you know, um, anytime I've ever seen him in a con, I thought he was crazy. But he, you know, he looks like he's got a just a I do believe, a love for comics. I believe that he has a love for comics, and I believe that he really likes the fans. Yeah, and I would say that having attended Cup of Joe's versus uh, DC Nation panels, yeah, but that's a little different. You know, Casada's. You know, he's like, come on, hey, come on, forget about it. All yeah, right? I've got. I think Casada. Casada's like, hey, a, you know a good editor. Yeah, I, but I, I like, like Didio's. Stop it, Travolta. <laughs> I like Didio's style better. He seems like Welcome there's a lot more jump. enthusiasm, even when he's defensive. He's not. He's not offended by having to defend himself. No, you know, he admits people aren't going to like him, and he's okay with that. Casada always seems really ticked off that people aren't agreeing with the decisions he's, he's talking to me. You talking to me? No, we're not. Oh, that, that was doing my casada. I know. Really? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Weird that your casada sounds like you're bad De Niro. Who's going to play him in the Forget movie? Forget about it. Forget about it, okay. all right? Casada's going to play himself. Forget about how you're doing. Okay. You just hush. <laughs> 
on a completely unrelated to the big two. You know, Please. we've talked about Scholastic. You know, is get really getting into the graphic novel thing. They've sent some stuff over, and I got sent a book. And the reason I want to tout it is because Frank Camuso, who a couple years ago I interviewed, or three or four years ago, interviewed because he did a series called Max Ham Fairy Tale Detective. Did you ever pick that up? No, I did not. And each issue was done was bound like a little golden book, and it even had the like binding on the side, you the know, little foil binding, the little foil binding. And it was kind of this noir sort. Max Ham was a pig, was one of the three little pigs who was a detective in Fairy Tale Town. I got that. I can see that totally being like he had a, a childhood of trauma, and so he grew up to be a detective. Is that how it worked out? I don't or? think so. But so when I was young, my house got blown down. Yeah, something like that. So it then was, my parents were slaughtered. It was, it was uh, my brothers slaughtered. It was a funny book. It 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 looked like it's it a great been idea. Su- it it looked like something you should have been able to give to a kid, but you but, would, but it wasn't because it was very true to the noir feel with all these weird characters. Um, but he guess who showed up at my door. It was Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, I believe she does show up there at I, one point. See, and, there you go. I, I, I could have wrote it right now. I know that Snow White was, was like they had the case of the sleeping princess, and you know was one of the things. She was a beautiful dame. It was a, too bad she was asleep. It was a really, it was a really fun little series. I think it was only five issues. Um, but Scholastic sent to me last week a book called Knights of the Lunch Table, oh. subtitled the Do- the Dodgeball Chronicles, and so Frank Camuso. Um, has got this little graphic novel. It looks like it's going to be a series. And I want Isn't to, there a comic called something similar? There's Knights of the Dinner Knights Table, the dinner which, table. Is about, uh, which is about D and D. Yeah. So the title is kind of unfortunate, except that yeah. I, I do think that somebody who's going to pick up Knights of the Lunch Table isn't going to know about Knights. You know, of the yeah, table. I have to agree that uh, Knights of the Lunch Table uh, Dinner Table was, hasn't been optioned for a movie mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's uh, isn't it? Well, it's uh, it's very I, narrow. I thought I could pull this out, and I I should have. <coughs> I, I do have it with me. Uh, but it's a fun story about this kid named uh, Arthur Arthur King, and he's from a town in New Jersey called Cornwall. So they keeps calling him Arthur King of Cornwall, and uh, he goes to junior high, and he gets he's you know tr- gets backed into a corner of having to be like the best dodgeball player. But there's a locker that no one can no one can do the combination, and he who can do the combination will be king of the school. It's really it's funnier and actually. In its own little loopy way, the logic is – it makes a lot more sense than it sounds like it, it would. It sounds adorable, Derek. It I don't is, know what you're talking it is about. Because, well, you snickered so derisively. No, I, I, I wish I would have thought of it. it, it it's, it's a very fun – I wish Lana would have thought of it. I do too. Because then we'd all be at the book signing right now. Because and right now – you know, right drinking. now, I, as my, my daughter just you know said she wanted to get more into comics and I'm trying to find things – it was great to get another thing after – I don't think we mentioned Magic Pickle from your friend from high school, Scott Morse, uh, yes. which Scholastic is in as well. Magic Pickle is this great series about it, basically – He worked on Ratatouille. What if he, – and he, he got a credit in WALL-E uh, as Did well. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Magic Pickle is sort of like if Captain America – the form of the turn of Captain America to a super soldier had been used on a cucumber – of course. Yes. It's That's a very gross. Logical. I've always wondered about that. Yes, and there's like, you know, cold. Would this work on cold vegetables? It's, 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 a, it's a fun kid's book. Oh, a pickle? Probably not. It's but a, a cucumber. Isn't a cucumber a Well, it's bigger. Pickle? Pickle's been soaked in brine. and Well, after a super soldier formula, it becomes a pickle. Devious. Yeah. I thought it was after it was frozen and left in the sea for a long time. No, no. 
No, it's kept in cold storage. Are we like, trying to read too much into this? I think I think that you have lost touch with your inner child. I think so. I think he just got turned, you know, uh, turned around by the whole just injecting a pickle. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll throw you uh, but off. Scholastic is Scholastic is doing a really strong lineup of of books for kids, and it started with them buying Bone, which we talked about before, getting the rights and reprinting Bone. Jeff Smith's Bone. I'm sorry, we do have to say that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Why Smith's. are there other bones? The I don't know, bone, but, you, but, you, but it's... What? The thigh bone, the hip bone. I know, but are they selling books? None of them are connected to Jeff Smith's bone. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's bones on television. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. But that's bones. Right. Bones right. in Star so, Trek. Sure, right. bones, McCoy. Uh, so, you know, Jeff Smith's bone. Bones by bones. But uh, I just thought it was, it was, you know, I've been impressed with the material that Scholastic's chosen for Sure, it's not. I wish, I wish well, the hell they'd have been doing it when I was reading their books. But they yeah. have been, haven't they? Scholastic's always been putting out no, quality not. stuff. No? But, not, but not graphic novels. They started, they really did start with Jeff Smith's Bone. They, yeah, but I mean, anytime I got a troll book order at school, I was always buying some Scholastic book somewhere or another. Mm, so, troll I mean, wasn't Scholastic. Whatever. The yeah. other one, what was Arrow. Arrow? Okay, yeah. whatever. My mom was an elementary school teacher. You got my point. Things. You know what I meant. I do. But, you know, they did have Correcting books, me on the book to, orders. But that they're on the... Uh, I'm a Zorlak. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I even get him on the book orders. See, when I was in elementary school and I'd get those books, I'd look at it and go, Abridged? Yeah, oh, I'd hate that. When you get the big novels, yeah, and you wouldn't realize they were abridged until you'd paid for them and they came in the mail. Yeah. Hated that. But they're not abridging. I didn't even know what abridged meant, so I just kind of went, right. oh, right, a new word. Yeah. They're not abridging their graphic their graphic novels. Good. I don't know if you can call them graphic novels. Graphic young adult, I don't know. Graphic fiction. They're but graphic novellas. Illustrated fiction. But it's qu- it's quality stuff for kids, and it's and it's good to see, and that's what's going to get them hooked in cool. and, and get the next you know. Now, if we could just get Scholastic to make video games, maybe our future would be saved. <laughs> Yeah, because that's in their charter. Oh, my <laughs> No, I'm just saying. Cause, Too I many mean, kids are reading. Let's have them play on the computer. <laughs> no, what I mean is not enough kids are reading. Scholastic. We did our mission too well. Mm. No, I'm saying if, if Scholastic made video games and taught it's kids, you know. The light side and the four, dark side. The right way. You know, you know, I know you're trying to make a good point. No, it's he's okay. not. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, we need more throwing, kids to read. He was just throwing out there. We do. You that's know, what I'm saying. I, you know, it's funny because when, when I just got to say, when Lon... Where's a sleeveless tee to the podcast? I so get distracted by the uh, wild dog tattoo. It's on daredevil shoulder. on this side. I know. You've got the good tattoo. I've got the tattoo that's just <laughs> laughing at me. It's just get good. used to it, buddy. <laughs> I am. It's going to be a small hotel room in San Diego. Right. Let's move to movies, shall we? Yes. There's a rumor. I, there's a rumor. You two talk among yourselves. And I've seen nothing lately. Well, there's a rumor. There's a, I, I don't know that it's been confirmed or if we know what the schedule is, but long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Platinum Studios announced that they had this thing called Cowboys and Aliens. Last year, they finally released the graphic novel after about three years of hype. And now, uh, in fact, before they released the graphic novel, they had sold it to Sony, and Sony is developing this as a feature film. One of those high concepts that oh, cowboys and Indians fighting on the on the prairie have to band together, interrupted be, by, by alien, alien invasion. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like a prequel to Independence it, Day. It writes itself. Yes, uh, except the writer actually is a guy named Fred Van Lente. I I don't know. I didn't get to read the graphic novel. Anyone here read that graphic novel? I, no. I, re- I remember flipping through the first few pages of it to the point where I got to the alien spacecraft. And we had preview pages on Fanboy Planet. Um, oh, is that where I saw it? Probably, probably. because 
Because I have, a, you know, a good relationship with. The, I'm, I'm giving them crap, but I have a good relationship with the people at Platinum. And uh, are you giving them crap? I am. Okay. Because the, to be honest, as as a journalist, am I a responsible journalist? I don't know. I thought most of this was about RDJ. What? RDJ. I don't know what RDJ stands for. Robert Downey Jr. Right. Well, but I'm giving the history of Cowboys and Aliens because oh, you criticize me when I don't give the background. So, Robert Downey Jr. is allegedly going to play in the lead of this. Is he going to be playing the Indian? I don't know. Because, I mean, he does stretch. I know. I don't. He's playing everything. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I hate to say this. I don't see him necessarily as a cowboy. He'll probably do a great job, but I don't see him as like a Wild West buckaroo, you know? He's a good actor, though. But How about a black action hero? I do see that because every time I go to a movie theater, I see that poster. I, you're right. Okay, but at least that's a joke, you know? You know what uh, would work better for Cowboys versus yeah, Aliens? Cowboys versus, uh, Cowboys versus Aliens is going to be straight-up serious uh, filmmaking. Yeah. They need to get Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan <coughs> and then just call it like Shanghai Evening or something. You know what I mean? Like have it be that. Combine two franchises? Mm-hmm. Except I think New Line owns that one. Damn. Okay. Um, yeah, but why it should affect or, uh, us is because if Downey does that, that throws off the schedule for Iron Man 2, which has already been fraught with schedule concerns. Let me ask you this. If you're Downey and you know I you... I am. I'm Downey soft. You're Downey and you know you got money in the bank with Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. or I think as they're calling it, I am too. Do you risk, message too. Do you risk that for an unproven property like Cowboys and Aliens? Sure. Really? You do them both. And I, that's what I think they'll do. How long is it going to take him to bang out Cowboys versus Aliens? I, I don't know because I don't know how far along Six that actually Six months of shooting. Is. Maybe. But, Maybe. They're really, but I have heard that they really want to get the Iron Man film out. They want to get back into production on that and get it. Get oh, yeah, it because, they, because Marvel has announced it's going to be April 30th, 2010. Yeah. That's less than two years away. Yeah. And they're arguing kind of publicly with Jon Favreau, uh, who's been leaking things nicely. Um you know they're arguing publicly with him, saying, "Look, you know, it took you however long to get Iron Man one done, but now you've done a lot of the legwork and the prep work. You know, are you going to improve the armor? Probably. You know, maybe a little quick redesign, but most of the computer work is done for that. Sure. So, unless they deleted the files, so do Norman, they, you're fired. Do they do the that? hard disk was full? <laughs> I'm sorry. We needed to make space. I thought space. the movie already you know, came out. I oh. Oh dear! Oh dear! It was my first day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Favreau also, by the way, confirmed that uh, the Avengers lineup, as he understood it, was Iron Man, as we would have expected, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, and Ant Man. And I hear Ant Man's being played by Garrett Morris. Is what I hear. So nice good call for you. Back. Yeah. Nice callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> I have the proportionate strength of an ant. So that's interesting. Now to a couple of news items related to the franchise that has Lon rolling over in his grave. In a tizzy. G.I. Joe. A poster of Duke, which I thought was really a silly looking image of Duke too, uh, revealed apparently that the G.I. Joe movie has a subtitle, thereby implying it has a franchise. Like we didn't know that. But go ahead. Lon, I turn over G.I. Joe news to you. It's being called G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Okay. Thoughts? <laughs> you know what's funny is when I saw that, I first thought that that was an actual 
name of one of the miniseries, but I, I went back and looked, and it's actually The Revenge of Cobra. So, so they never actually rose before? I don't know, but isn't that what cobras do when you play the little flute and whatever? Don't they rise? <laughs> Is Duke a flautist? <laughs> People don't realize it, but Channing Tatum, he is an amazing jazz flautist. So that's what he's going to do. Right. Anyways. Um, yeah, so that was. I, I kind of think so that's is cool. It, is it going to be like an origin for. Yeah, from Cobra? what I understand, I think what they're saying is it's going to deal with the origin of Cobra. Okay. And, and, and you know, and this is the problem I say, like I had with Get Smart last last week, is do we really always need to go back and see the origin of things where we were, had no problem. Well, this is almost the Phantom Menace thing. Did we do we really need the backstory, or is it enough to know there's a hooded maniac named Cobra Commander? He's got this, you know, organization. Right. Even the Bond films, there wasn't like the origin of Smirsh or Ernst. Why why Blofeld hated Bond? Ernst Stavros Blofeld, head of Spectre. Why did he have that cat anyway? They did. Do I have to explain that? He was insecure. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Bond. <laughs> but they never went back into like you know young. I mean, Actually, they made fun of that. I think in Austin Powers and Goldmember, there was a they there's did an actually, origin thing. There's actually a juvenile series for Bond now. James, not James Bond Junior. It's young no, James it's, Bond. It's young right? James Bond. They've done yeah. Silver Finn and one other. I don't have to pay attention. to that. I don't have to acknowledge that as canon. You don't. But is there an Ernst Stavros Blofeld origin in that? Be, you know, young Stavi. Young Stavi. You know, both at school we together. used to just accept evil was evil. And good was good. Well, we got through so much of the G.I. Joe cartoon series well, yeah, without I was just getting gonna any say origins. That. There was never an origin. They didn't have the origin until the G.I. Joe movie, which was lame and pretty much killed the franchise. Origin so, of the Joes or the origin of Cobra? Of Cobra. Right. It's like, so it has been told. Well, I mean, not completely. I mean, But not well? Not well. You find out at like the end of the movie or like, like Cobra is some secret alien race or something. And it's like, okay, now that's just lame. And then everybody stopped liking Cobra. It was stupid. Um, so a lot of people it's don't consider the movie canon. I, 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 I didn't know Cobra were aliens. So I don't know if it's alien or like uh, ancient creature. Can I also just uh, add this is... Oh wait, let's finish the G.I. Joe news and then I have to add Okay, so the other piece news. of G.I. Joe news that is wrong. Uh, that is just wrong in a taste way. Sienna Miller gave an interview. She's playing the Baroness. Um, That's right. Is she an alien? Is she an alien creature? Or anything? No, no. no. Okay. Baroness. Uh, the Baroness. But apparently, the Baroness. And this is a callback to last week's podcast because we had some kerfuffle over breast size in Age of Conan. Apparently, they had a kerfuffle over breast size in uh, in GI Joe: Rise of Cobra. Right. Where Stephen well, apparently the cobras Duke, won't, right? It's not Duke. And apparently, the cobras won't getting a rise. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Summers, the director, if you recall, responsible for the Mummy. The Mummy 2 and Van Suckling. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, he approached Sienna Miller on the first day of shooting and said, you know, I'm a boob man and you don't have any. So you need to wear falsies. Is that a direct quote? Fresh. She says so. Wow. And she said it was a bit hurtful. <laughs> he should have bought her dinner first. You'd think. He's a director. He should have bought her dinner yeah, first. I would not buy dinner. dinner no, no, he cast her. So, uh, you know, so there's that that just kind of odd. You need to pump up your boom booms, honey. <laughs> I don't know if he talks like that. <laughs> I'm a boob man. And like me, I'm going to direct G.I. Joe. Now. No, I just don't think so. <laughs> Look, Sienna, you need to put a little bing bing, bing, bing in, in your boom boom. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and I'm horrified that I went along with you. 
And then I knew what you were doing. I'm, I'm just, it's wrong. It's fun. For the kids at home listening, stop. Mm. I begged Enjoy. you. Enjoy. That's all I, I got to say. I begged you last week, don't download. And there you did. Mm. So what wrong thing were you going to say okay. besides what you just said? I don't said? know if we've touched on this at all, but, okay, so I think, and the reason I'm segueing into this is because the reason the Rise of Cobra thing was seen was some guy was at a trade show and he had took pictures of the giant tapestry or banner that they put. Mm-hmm. Well, another one of the, the banners that's being touted throughout the thing is a RoboCop movie for 2010. I have heard that before, yes. That they're there's, remaking RoboCop. That they're remaking RoboCop. And I'm outraged at this. And does anybody else hold the movie as, I do as hold, good as I do? Or I do high hold regard? the original RoboCop as just a great, great film, a great satire. And I know that the remake is going to touch totally missed that mark exactly and it's yeah. like why i mean i know i understand i know the why it's all french they want new franchises they can make money off of and because the television series was not nearly as satirical and oh and, it was awful everything yeah. anything they did was awful after well, the, part after two the, even yeah. so, i mean i thought part two had some had some interesting ideas i, I appreciated part two after several viewings and i finally kind of got it but part three terrible tv show terrible canadian miniseries terrible there's a Canadian miniseries? Yeah, I forget what it's called. Like RoboCop. Rise something. of Cobra? No, I think it was Rise of Ed. Of no. Rise of Maple Leafs? Yeah, I don't know. But it was it was terrible. Everything they've done since has been terrible. So they just don't – I don't know if – I mean, you need a guy like – was it McTiernan? Peter Wheeler. No, who directed it? Was it McTiernan? Oh, no, no, no. It was McTiernan. It was uh, uh, Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Oh, Verhoeven. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you need – I don't know. It's like – Robocop wasn't just about the revenge and you know and the guy in the suit. No, it was about it the was, humanity. It was, and, and, you know. and it required uh, an actor of the strange sensitivity that Peter Weller mm-hmm. has. You know, he's a quirky actor. He never quite took off because there's always a very something. controversial film release because they had to cut a lot of the violent parts. Yeah, it was out of rated it X the, originally too, yeah. but it, it is a great film. And and yet, as you say, once it becomes a franchise, first of all, I don't know how to convince somebody. Who's like a teenager now to say, sit down and go, you got to watch Robocop. But if you make another one, then they'll watch, they'll watch that. Well, yeah. here's, and here's like the other thing. The first is time the, you, you, and you'll blow their mind. You, there was an original one, too. And the other thing, you, I mean, really? Starship Troopers, by the way, this month, Starship Troopers 3 comes out on video. What the heck? Uh, you know, it, it's like I haven't watched two. I didn't watch any of those animated Don't. series. But I'm like, Verhoeven's Starship Troopers was so perfect. It, it was. Yeah. I watched. I didn't see it in the theater. I watched it on video and went, oh, my gosh. This movie is so much smarter than anybody's it giving it credit It wasn't about ending for. the war. It was about the effect the war was having on yes. all these people. Yeah. Yes. It, it was, it was a great and movie. you got that. It and, then it became, and then it's just become this action yeah. franchise. Actually, have you seen the trailer for Part 3? Part 3 looks like a re... Like a revisit to the original. Well, if it doesn't have uh, NPH, I'm not interested. Yeah, good point. It does have re- uh, what's his name? Denise Richards. No, yes, uh, Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. Oh, I had to want, going back to or the, is it Van Dyne? I think it's Van Dien. Okay, okay. or Dean. He Anyways. is to me the worst Tarzan, by the way, in cinema history because he wore short pants and not a loincloth. Okay, going back to the the RoboCop relaunch thing here, I think what they're what what they'll accomplish. Is the fact that okay? Remember what they did with Aliens versus Predator the first time? I do recall that. Okay, yes. so they, what they did was created a new franchise off of you know already established classics, and they're gonna, they're yeah. just turning them into you know monster movies. Right. Whereas I think essentially they're going to do that with this is turning him, he's a superhero, 
So essentially, they're going to create a RoboCop superhero franchise and try to just get you know get the kids Which on that. Which is what they tried to do with the television series. Was there an animated series too? Yeah, yeah, yeah there was. To? Well, the third one he flew. Yeah, yeah he like, a oh, I haven't I haven't watched the third one. Yeah, and it's like oh no, the whole thing about him is he's just like hulking, unstoppable, slow moving police object. Right. Yeah. So speaking of satire or poking fun at corporations, uh, last night I saw Wally. The uh, new Pixar film. Uh, I don't want to give away spoilers, but I'm going to say right now, to me, this is the the film to beat as best picture of the year. Really? Wow! I was so blown away by by this movie. About 40 minutes with no dialogue, a classic, and, and very photorealistic. In fact, it's very jarring when human characters show up because they begin. They actually do mix. Um, they because Wally is. Trapped under watching a tape of Hello Dolly over and over, which is strangely poignant. You know, it really, you know, it's just like really surprising. But it is the movie, so it's live. So it is the live action film that they're inserting, and Fred Willard appears uh, as the. I thought he said no spoilers, and then the he just goes and spoils in a minute in okay. uh, as the president of, of Earth in the first minute, like explaining, and that's just him. And then they go to you know animated humans later on in the film. So, but I was really impressed with both the technical achievement and just the storytelling. It 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 is it is astounding. And, and you're calling it out as best picture I, right now. But yeah. it won't it won't get best picture. No, it won't get best picture because it's, it's going to be an animated. animated it's been yeah. ghettoized as as an animated film. But I think the message of it is is really good. And I was just surprised. Beauty and the Beast is, I think, to this to this point, the only animated film ever nominated for Best Picture. Uh, and then after that, they created the Best Animated Feature category so that that could never happen again. Because too many actors were killing themselves over the thought that they'd lose to an animated, animated film. Well, I mean, it's the same thing the New York Times did when Harry Potter became a bestseller. Rather than knock <clears throat> more serious authors off the yeah. list, they said – Oh, Harry Potter, we will create a children's literature bestseller. Juvenile. List. Juvenile fiction. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Damn corporations. But, there it is. Uh, so, so sensitive. So, Wally is just an amazing, an amazing film. And uh, Good date movie? I think it might be a really great, because at its heart, strangely, we, yeah. it is a love but story. I mean, you know, good date. Will it, you know. Lon, I don't know. <laughs> you, you disgust me. What? Yes. So Wally was good, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, after Pixar had Ratatouille, which really pushed what a children's film could talk about. Although I don't think it's fair to call them children's films. It is rated G, but it is a family film. Can it film just be an sense. everybody film? Uh, yeah. It, it, Too many kids are going to go, yeah, people are fat. No, all <laughs> – well, you know, that's that's one of the – I've certainly read a lot of interviews with Andrew Stanton this week about defending that it's not so much that he's making fun of where our culture is going as, look, he researched with NASA and this – NASA, and this is what would happen if you were out in space. Oh, because you didn't get the kind of muscle tone you'd get fighting against gravity all day. Right, long. which they do. You know, so it's like if you want to read it as a as an indictment, I think it's possible. But I also believe Andrew Stanton in saying, "No, this was the next logical step." If that's what okay. had happened, you know. So what happened to like spinning stuff, the centrifugal force to give us gravity out in space? And- only works no. for Kubrick, huh? Yeah, it only works for Kubrick. Although they do, you know, inject a lot of also Spock Zarathustra. So Zarathustra, also Spock Zarathustra. Take it from a Brett Snyder. <laughs> Come forward. 
Uh, so we really enjoyed that. I have to give a shout out to one of my friends from high school, Kathy Ringgold, got solo credit as editor on the opening short uh, for it, uh, which is called Presto, about a magician and his and his rabbit, and. It's a very strong short as well. And Scott Morris, we mentioned earlier from Magic Pickle, also gets a credit in is working for Pixar now. And Santa Clara High, baby. Woo, there represent. we go. So people we knew, Homestead High and Santa Clara High. He's doing air guitar while he's doing that, folks. I did the hang loose devil slime. Yeah, so. I got into a Bill and Ted thing for a moment. Right, right, right. And they both grew spontaneous mullets. <laughs> Ow! Speaking of, Drink. of odd uh, local references, I noticed across the street here, and I just – it's apropos of nothing, but the they call the, the Saratoga Creek, yeah. which is right over here. There's a sign that says Saratoga Creek adopted by Yvonne Craig. And I'm just Yvonne wondering – Yvonne Craig from Batman? That's oh, exactly wow. – you know, I'm wondering – there might be another Yvonne Craig, but – wouldn't it be cool if she lived around you, you here? You ought to get a picture of that for the podcast, for the site. You know, it would be rad. Would it be rad if she lived around here? And yeah. she came in. We saw her at home, and then all of a sudden she's sitting in her den, and all the wall opens up. She hops on the motorcycle, <laughs> drives over. <laughs> Purple skin yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. To continue she with, was so hot so, in that So suit. do we leave that as a fantasy, or do we try and hunt that down to reality? I'd like to find out okay. if she's local or not. Dream killer. You know. Is she a single divorcee? Maybe. <laughs> In her 60s. Does she still have the costume? <laughs> you know what? I can't find anything wrong with you right now. I wish I could. No, because I'm thinking the same thing. Mm. See how quickly he changes his mind. I, well, I think even my wife would understand. It's oh, Batgirl. I think it had to do with the context. Oh, okay. Yeah, see? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to kind of resume a Disney theme, a, a release that came out last week on DVD, Sword in the Stone. One uh, of my favorite movies of all is time. It? Is oh, it? Oh, yeah. Just love the hell out of the movie as a kid. My only disappointment with that movie is that they didn't make the rest of T.H. White's series. Is that sure. the one with Gurgi? But the rest of T.H. White's series no. is very dark and very... I, I and, do, and I what you say, but I'm... And, it's, and at times very convoluted and confusing. I think there's still going to be a way to streamline, but, you know, that's that's yeah. okay. Gurgi's the, the Black Cauldron. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. No, no, the yeah. Sword in the Stone is uh, King Arthur and Merlin. Oh, okay. Back Wart. In, in, uh, Wart. Back in 1961, I think, is when they made it. Um, and so, I never saw that. So one thing about the DVD is say they have one of their Sherman... Do you remember it in the songs from Sword in the Stone? Oh, yeah. Um, Mad Men and Mim has a song. Mm-hmm. And there's also a song that Merlin sings when Wart's, uh, Wart's been turned into a squirrel. But I can't remember the lyrics yeah, it, or anything. It's, it's definitely one of those where they're trying on the DVD. We had the albums. Oh, my parents okay. Didn't, we, I didn't we have could, that album, but we, I, it was before VCRs, kid. Yes, and we we did have indoor plumbing, um, and but we had the thirty-three and a third and the forty-five RPM. Disney did you belong to the Walt Disney Record Club? And no, you but get my those? parents would buy that stuff for us left and right. They wouldn't buy us any rock, but they'd buy us Disney soundtracks. Well, because it was innocent and sweet. This is, this is how was. a fanboy is made. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A legend is sung. Of when England was young And knights were brave and bold The good king had died And no one could decide Who was rightful heir to the throne It seemed that the land would be torn by war or saved by a miracle alone. 
miracle appeared in London town. The sword in the stone. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't really re- find the music memorable, but again, Disney's trying to tout it as if the Sherman, the Sherman Brothers, they have a big th- interview with the Sherman Brothers, and I think one of the things, reasons they've done this in the last couple of discs of old Disney movies. Left and right, like day and night, that's what makes the world go round. In and out, thin and stout, that's what makes the world go round. For every up, there is a down. For every square, there is a round. Yes. For every high, there is a low. Yeah. And for every two, there is a fro. Fro. Yes, fro. To and fro, stop and go. That's what makes the world go round. That's that's one of the songs. Are you scared? Uh, uh, Jungle Book. <laughs> you does, asked does, does, him. Does, does, yeah, I know. It is my fault. I think part of the thing is the Sherman Brothers are probably like the last two guys from the old guard of Disney that are still alive to comment, so they get the documentaries. But uh, one thing I really loved about this about this disc, aside from I agree, it's a it's a great great movie, uh, and I can hardly a lot of vignettes, but it still holds all together. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it is episodic, but. Were parents groups back then complaining about the sorcery in it and no, how it was pagan? No, and, you know, and you did have a funny? great, you did have a great wizards battle in the middle of the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, remember when life was just better back then? Those, those, just so those much were better. good days. Yes. Yeah. Before those were all good the days, all the really tight asses. Well, got one, into yeah, power. one thing that that uh, I like getting these old these anniversary editions because then they've they've always got some tie in from the Disney TV show. So to see footage of like, wow, what a great actual television host Walt Disney was. Oh, yeah. So there's an episode. They include part of an episode from the TV show about magic, which is Walt Disney going through the prop room doing magic tricks and a couple of sexist magic tricks and calling up Hans Conrad as the magic mirror. And it's like it's cool to see that. I don't know if the kids are going to be into that, but what they are going to be into is that it includes two short fi- The Brave Little Tailor. Is on the Mickey With Mouse. Mickey Mouse, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool to see that. And then there's Goofy. Is that when he goes? I killed a giant. Killed seven with one blow. So he oh, killed yeah. seven. Blow. Fl- yeah. yeah. So it's a classic story, and it's like, where else are you going to get that? And then there's a Goofy, or uh, uh, one of those weird movies where cartoons where everybody it's Goofy World, and so it's a it's a medieval joust with everybody is Goofy. Yeah, even the women. It's a little, it's a little freaky, but funny. So, <laughs> I like was, when they uh, throw in these things that they wouldn't be able to sell on. Disney their own. was thinking Mickey was a little tired, so he was dealing with this kind of ultimate Disney World. So he was, yeah. When everybody in Duckburg was a dog, and I've had an argument with my with my son who refused to believe me that Goofy is a dog. So that classic uh, argument <laughs> if is Goofy's living a dog, in my home. What's Pluto? Pluto? Stop it! I think it's the other way around. That reminds me of that joke of uh, Mickey Mouse in divorce court. But I'll, no, don't. I'll tell you guys off the air. I do know that joke. If anybody knows that joke, I'm write not, us the punchline. Yeah. I didn't say she was editor. crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I had a point, and it's gone. Uh, I just enjoy seeing seeing goofy cartoons because goofy cartoons to me are the only funny ones out of Disney. Yeah. Donald's a little disturbing. Uh, you know, Mickey is Mickey's earnest. Adventures and, yeah, usually. Well, you know, and part of the problem is I started reading the comic books first. So hearing Mickey with the high-pitched voice was always wrong to me. Mm. 
and, see, and and seeing Mickey try to be funny and kind of just affable and and accident prone. I didn't get because he was so competent in the comic books. He was always solving mysteries and on adventures. Yeah. That was the guy I liked. When you were reading the comics, what was the voice in your head for Mickey? Was it like a deep Barry White type voice? It was just. A, it was just. A, it was. <laughs> like, yeah, baby. Oddly enough, I'd I say killed it was probably, seven with one blow. It was kind of a Kurt Russell kind of a, you know um, a young Kurt Russell, an adventure you know an adventurous guy like a Spin and Marty or something you know because I'd watched Mickey Mouse. Club, okay, you know? I'll give you Spin and Marty. Okay. When you say Kurt Russell, I'm thinking Escape from New York. <laughs> this is not Mickey Mouse. Going. is all right. Phantom Blot. I get that a lot. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. You were, Mickey, I heard you were dead. I heard you were dead. Yeah. Right, I you know. get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I understand. I understand. So let's uh, let's. Uh, so we do have a little bit of a Comic-Con preview and a little Comic-Con dilemma. Maybe you can write in at editor at fanboyplanet.com and vote for us or vote – make a decision for us. Uh, on Thursday night at Comic-Con, we have uh, – we've been invited to two video game launch parties. Go on. Same time, different place. I'm so glad I'm not going because it sounds like a painful decision. Darksiders – Created by Joe Madureira, who is the current artist, I believe, on The Ultimates with Jeff okay. Loeb. Okay. Uh, they've invited us to a cocktail party and demo and rub shoulders with Joe Mad. If it's into you, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. Darksiders is based on a uh, it's new his own, property. It's, his, it's a new property. And there is a comic book tie in. I'm not I think Dark Horse may be publishing it. I'm not positive. Darksiders, Dark Horse, maybe that's the mental connection I'm making. Okay. The other party we've been invited to is Mortal Kombat versus DC. Go Mortal there. Kombat. Go there. Mortal Kombat. DC. No doubt. Okay. Lon Rain Man Lopez. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely Mortal Kombat. Definitely Mortal Kombat. Five minutes DC to Wapner. <laughs> Batman's going to kick. Uh, I can't even name any character I'm, from Mortal I'm Kombat. Driver. Sub-Zero. I'm a very good okay. driver. Okay. Batman's going to fight. Uh, I'm, I'm a very good fighter. I'm a very good fighter. I'm an excellent fighter. Fatality. Uh, so, get over here. Get over here. So, anyway, so have, you've already said Mortal Kombat versus DC. I think it's, first of all, it's it's just got more mainstream appeal. I mean, it's going to get more press than, what was the other one, Dark Chasers? Dark Siders. <laughs> Dark. No, because Joe, didn't Joe Matarera, wasn't the guy? Oh, he did Battle, Battle Chasers. Chasers. Battle Sorry. Chasers, yeah. yeah. Dark Chasers Dark is Chasers. some other movie I saw recently. So, so you're saying that everyone in the, in the youth hostel of our hotel room, because <laughs> I think every... Person. Well, you do realize <laughs> you're we bringing a, like four people. I'm bringing like four people, and we're all going to be in one little hotel. No, room. we have a big team. We can delegate them to go to the other party yeah. if you want. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> first of all, Mortal Kombat known worldwide, DC characters known worldwide, and you're putting them in the same game. I mean, that's just big news. That's big geek news. Period. I have to go with if if it's a choice between a game that I'm likely to play and not feel badly about not being able to play well. <laughs> I'd say it's got to be the Mortal Kombat versus DC because I can suck at it but still get the joy of watching. I just think as a as a journalist, you got to go for the bigger story, and I think it's a bigger. You want to fight Sub Zero versus Captain Cold, dude? That sounds so awesome. I know, but I don't know if they're doing that. They haven't released any characters. I know that Batman's in it because that's the that's the the only image we've seen is Bat. There's an actual commercial. You haven't seen? Didn't I send you guys the link to the trailer? You may have. But remember, I've had computer problems. I'm not. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. The trailer looks badass. 
but it's just it's Sub Zero versus Batman, and basically they're fighting in a room. They get knocked out like uh, out the window or whatever, and they're falling. And you can fight while you're falling and stuff. Yee! And wow, do it we? Awesome. And the question I have is: Do you think there's any actual plot logic to why the characters from Mortal Kombat are fighting in the well, DC universe? Was there any plot logic as to why the Mortal Kombat characters are fighting? Now I've never it's played the game. It's actually an ancient tournament that I, 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 uh, I never played what? the game, but I did see the movie. Yeah, I know. I like. And the I movie. ask my question yet again. Yes. There was an ancient tournament. Mm, yeah. There was an yeah. ancient tournament uh, to uh, stop the outworld from gaining the, I forget what they call you know, the real world. Ultimately, there you go. it's actually the same plot that's been used in the, the Immortal Iron Fist series, so don't get don't get No, that's me. not the same plot. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, what it'll probably be is that the tournament has maybe come to the DC Universe, and DC Universe's mightiest heroes must join the tournament to save... The universe, you know, you know, would, in fight in Mortal Kombat, you know, it would make that the best video game ever for me hmm. if Ambush Bug was a choice. <laughs> uh, Easter egg, maybe, I <laughs> maybe know. an Easter egg. Uh, you have to earn your. Ambush I got to say, by the way, rumor, 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 Ambush Bug Showcase Edition coming. Well, you've seen the full page ads for Ambush Bug for the miniseries, yeah. absolutely. But they were going to do oh, a showcase that'll have best of. It will just collect all the all the uh, miniseries. I'm so Although, disappointed. I think it's got to be color. I, so I don't think it can be in in. I'm black holding out for absolute. You keep holding out, but you know what? I'm going to email Jan Jones. Yeah, tell Jan for me. I'll knit her an ambush bug if she gives me an absolute. I think she already she knits her own ambush. Yeah, bugs. well, I know, but she's probably never had anyone knit her one. Okay, could she knit me a plushie? You are a plushie. Oh, okay. I'm just, do you knit plushies? If you have the answer to that question, please write in at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Any comments, complaints, criticisms, anything. We are so lonely here. Knitting hints. Absolutely. Anything you'd you. like us to discuss or talk about on the air. We'll Absolutely. do it. Please do. If you've got any questions that, and that you know, gets us off on a tangent for 20 minutes, that's awesome. We love that. In the meantime, till next week, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Lon Lopez, formerly M. Lon Shyamalan. Enjoy my latest movie, Not Happening. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Anybody watching Charlie Jade? I don't even know what that is. It's on at like 3 o'clock in the morning on the Sci-Fi Channel. Apparently it was this thing made in Africa, um, but it's an alternate dimension hopping thing. I've watched I – I missed the first episode. I've watched the second episode through once, but it's so bizarre and abstract. It's like watching a – it's like watching the first time you saw La Chate, right? It's kind of like that. Yeah. I haven't actually seen Le Never Jete. seen Le Jete? I've seen 12 Monkeys. Yeah, well, okay. Maybe Has the first, any, first time you saw 12 Monkeys in Polish. <laughs> Done that. <Yes. laughs> Has either one of you seen The Secret Diary of Call Girls or of a Call Girl? No. I, uh, I but really there was a great... There was a great I really need to watch that. There was a great headline for it. 
the the reviewer the first review I read of it, like the the title of it was "Tis a, Tis a pity she's a bore." <laughs> Tis a pity she's a bore. That's yeah. hilarious. It's a um, restoration comedy. Tis a pity she's a whore. Oh, I don't understand. Anyways, send yeah. that outtake to Dave. He'll laugh. Yeah. I never saw uh, Doctor Who. She was from Doctor Who, right? Yeah, yeah. But she was damn sexy in that one. So. Yeah, maybe you want to watch uh, Doctor Who now. No, I still hate Brits. So. <sighs> really? Well, just British TV. So. Really? You don't like Monty Python? Mm, not really. You don't like Benny Hill? I love Benny Hill, but I don't really consider his humor uh, British humor. Of course not. It's very he's American. He's a of British humor. <laughs> but at the same time, it's very crass and American-like, so... Ah, uh, Okay. I don't know, I'm just saying. Monty, I consider Monty Python more British humor than Benny Hill. We uh, we might have to rethink this relationship. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. I, I liked girls in high school. Okay, sorry. Max Headroom? Headroom? Um, mm. He was okay. I don't I know. Was really he really yeah, humor? I, mean, I know that he came from British, but because the American version. You know. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing the British version on HBO yeah. and thinking it was just all right. Tracy Ullman is, is talented, but... Never really liked her stuff. Let's decompile. Let's let's dissect the entire every, British all, all, history. Um, all of British uh, culture. Alec Guinness, yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi. You've got a problem with Obi Wan Kenobi. He's not comedy though. He didn't do comedy. Well, yes, he did. Well, none that I've ever seen. No, though. of course not. That's what I'm saying. He and Benny Coletta actually had an old uh, music hall act. No, they didn't. No, they, oh, you Vinny Coletta. You've learned, oh, young Padawan. Whatever. <laughs> They're going to be single divorcees hanging out there, as opposed to married divorcees. Well, I mean, divorcees <laughs> could be dating, you know, other people, oh. and just not married. I mean, obviously, you're out of the game, you so standards. you don't know. But no, I'm just saying is <laughs> a single divorcee is an available divorcee. Yeah, you're looking now, for somebody damaged. No, I'm looking for somebody <laughs> single. Whatever you do, don't think about llamas. Okay. Here we go. Llamas. (laughs) Careful, they spit. And none of this is good for outtakes. No. No, I mean, it's good. Yeah, okay. FF Ultimates, I'm finally up to date, and I'm starting to read the Brian Hitch stuff for Standard Fantastic Four, which is really weird to go from Ultimates to the Standard FF Mm -hmm. because you got, like, brainy, flirty slutty sue storm and ultimates and then you have mom in yeah. the standard one and you just kind of go higgitus figgitus i want your attention everything we're packing to leave come on let's go no no not you books are always first you know Hockety buckety wackety whack, abracadabra dabra knack. Shrink in size, very small. We've got to save enough home for all. Figgitus, figgitus, figgitus more. Prestidigitorium. And this is not going on the outtakes. Thank you.